Alright. You ready to file? I'm ready. Uno, dos, tres. Oh, she hit the light. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Addie Nett, and of course, we got my main man, Casey. What up, brother? What up, brother? And should I do the normal? Yeah. You are listening to MLO. The cadence was a little slow on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's because right. I had a Red Bull before, so. Yeah, yeah. My half coffee's kicked in, so. We're all getting a little geeked out. But today we're talking about something kind of important for a lot of home buyers right now. Yep. And Casey and I were kind of brainstorming before. It's like, hey, what should we talk about? You know, the whole interest rates or high thing has become a little eye rolling. What's the market doing? Everyone What's knows. the economy doing? What did the Fed say this time? <laughs> Who tweeted this? Yahoo Finance says this. The newest bank closure. I think to keep the subject more in line to like what information really can impact and assist our buyers and even sellers in a lot of cases is closing costs because i yep. think this is one of the biggest changes we've seen outside of the obvious you're looking at closing costs being almost double than what they were just about a year and a half ago and today we're going to review why that is and then also stay with us we're going to give you a tip on how to save thousands of dollars Ooh. Thousands of dollars, a little teaser to stick with us. Thousands of dollars. If you stay by the end of the episode, we will. (laughs) And I just want to give a thanks out to everyone. I know we've been like a little choppy on our consistency with with the posting. But if you've made it this far into the podcast, if you're watching the video, make sure you like and comment. We want to know who's listening. If you got any suggestions on what you want to hear us talk about, that's great. And even if you just want to be like, I'm fine with you guys not doing the podcast anymore. (laughs) I would get a kick out. Shut us down. No, I'm just playing with you. But Casey, both you and I have had quite the influx of individuals, you know, applying and getting into contract. And one of the trickiest things right now is closing costs. So give me an example from your perspective in your pipeline. How are you seeing these costs almost double from just a year and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I tell clients, too, is, I mean, easily a couple of years ago, a, a nice, easy estimate was, you know, close to around 2% for your closing costs or something right. like that. You're really seeing those now be more of a 3 to maybe 4%, Four. you know, and like double, sitting there double on what they are. A lot of that has to do with rate costs and the costs that are associated to the interest rate these days. In a simple form, it's really, there isn't a ton of volume going on. Risk levels are higher. Obviously, they're changing by the week and day, depending on what we got going on with the economy and stuff. But you're seeing lenders add in costs onto those interest rates. And that's really affecting these clients because now a rate that may not have had a cost a year ago now has a one-point cost on it, now has a two-point cost on it. Yeah, and I think even backing up a little more, and maybe I should have opened with this, is you know, most of the time you're going to talk to a mortgage professional and they're going to give you a really rounded closing costs, right? Yep. So first and foremost, there's down payment and there's closing costs, guys. A yes. lot of first-time homebuyers in particular are never educated on that. 100%. And they get pre-approved and they're told they're good for whatever amount, right? And they're thinking, oh, I'm going to do 3% first-time homebuyer and that's all they need. Uh-uh. You've mm-hmm. got a huge other 2 to 4%, like you were saying. So you might have thought, hey, I have my 3% down and ultimately it might be 6 or 7 total percent you need in cash of the sales price to execute. But what I always explain in my Mortgage 101 consults on Zoom is the closing costs, if you get an official banking disclosure, it looks like 
you had a binge party at a restaurant. There's so many wine items. <laughs> so it's like, what happened? Where are all these, like a hotel charge? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin ordered everything. Five dollars for a box of water? Yeah, like, what is this? Are you kidding me? So to simplify it, I've adapted a process of three bucket explanations. So yep. the first bucket is true hard costs. The labor it takes to close a loan, not only on the bank side, but the title side and the escrow and the insurance and the city and the county and all that stuff. Yep. The second bucket is prepaids or escrow deposits. Both terms are used for the same intention. Yep. This is an advanced payment and deposit of your property taxes, insurance, and per diem interest paid on the loan through the closing month. This is, I like to just call it a forced savings account. Yep, Because absolutely. taxes and insurance are paid annually in most states, biannually in some. So you have to have a certain amount deposited so that when that bill rolls around for the annual or biannual, you got enough money in that force force savings plan to pay the full premium. So this is huge. And it's a huge variable, Casey, because you know, you're running numbers on a property and the property taxes might be double on one home. Yeah, I was talking And then what happens? The prepaid's double. Yeah, with this agent the other day, I mean, they're not understanding like Different counties have different property taxes, guys. Yeah, and where we're at here in the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Oregon area, Multnomah County can have some outrageous property taxes. We were looking at like a $600,000 house. Right. And in Multnomah County, it was double the property taxes, what it was for Clackamas right. or Washington in a similar price point. And the reason is it's just, guys, I mean, different counties have different things voted into it, different right. tax uh policies going on so you do need to pay attention because the same house doesn't mean the same property tax yeah and pro tip redfin and zillow what they're on the listings aren't always accurate my my process with all of my buyers and real estate agents that i work with is before putting in an offer the buyer or the agent sometimes both sometimes group text will send me the listing and i will actually verify those property taxes on the county website Mm -hmm. and then give a full estimate of closing costs now i want to come back to that in a second the third bucket though those three within the closing costs detail is discount points yeah now discount points is the fee associated with the rate selection a lot of people don't know that you can actually almost get any interest rate you want it's just the threshold or financial capacity to afford that interest rate so it's really confusing for the consumer it doesn't do this every day because ai's out there google knows you're gonna buy a home and you're oh, getting yeah. banner ads and they're all over it this rate's this <laughs> yeah. and you got jimmy next door he's like i got 4.99 flipping the burger patty and it's just so frustrating that it's not clear and concise even though we have tons of compliance and laws yeah. trying to make it clear and concise but it ain't you put a bunch of sharks in a tank and they're gonna fight for the it's one opportunity but the, going back sorry i'm getting off if you select a lower interest rate the cost for that usually increases. Yes. The increase is expressed in points, a percentage of the loan or amount borrowed that you're paying for the discount in the rate. That's the term discount points. So if you want to be super savvy and like Uncle Joe comes up to you and you're buying your first home, like I got this rate. Just ask Uncle Joe how much he paid in points. I bet you $100 he doesn't remember, might not even know what you're talking about. (laughs) Because there's a lot of people, even when interest rates were in the 2%, that would pay 
$15,000 to lower that rate a quarter percentage for bragging rights or a comfort level on 100%. The All reality though, most of the time people stay in their home seven to eight years. Yep. Most of the time the break even, meaning the amount you paid for the lower interest yep. rate and payment exceeds the amount of time they're gonna retain the note or retain the property as an asset. So you're flushing dollars down. Yeah, yeah. Down so, so what me and Addy always do with clients too, it's this, I mean, you can do it as a break even for the client. You right. can show them what that cost that they're putting forward to have that lower rate, paying that discount point, versus the time it takes for you to actually make that money back right. off the monthly savings that you're that you're having in the lower payment. Mm -hmm. And typically, we see a loan last anywhere from five to eight years. It all depends on what you got going on. You might be downsizing, you might be upgrading, you might grow your family, you might just refinance. Refinance because guess what happens every four years, guys? Mm -hmm. A presidential election. Right. <laughs> and not many presidents go into the market with high rates. You know, so you and, and going back to your break even, like an example is let's say you spend five hundred dollars on a lower rate, yeah. which is not a lot, but let's just for easy math, you spend an additional five hundred dollars in closing costs to reduce your monthly payment by fifty dollars. Let's yes. just use that. Yeah. So you divide the five hundred by fifty and that gives you the number ten. That means it's gonna take ten payments for you to recoup that initial upfront increase of costs for the long-term decrease in your monthly yes. payment. So you add some zeros to that, you might be hitting 50. Yes. Say you spent $5,000 for a $50 reduction in your payment, that's 50 payments. That's, I don't know what. And you make a payment once a month, guys. So that's, that's 4.2 year break yeah. even. So then the conversation goes, well, should I spend this 5,000? We get at this all the time. Say, well, do you, I think that you will refinance this loan sooner than 4.2 years. Yeah. So I would rather you, especially first time homebuyers, keep that $5,000 in your savings account have access to it in case you have a rainy day, the kids have medical bills, someone bumps into you, 100%. car issues, we gonna name it, right? And guys, I mean, it's like, you think of the logic here, as that home buyer, you're not the economist, you're not the analyst out there that's in the back meat of this, looking at what the economy's doing or where their changing rates are going to, and most of them are predicting 12 to 24 months, we'll see interest rate change. Right. So why would you pay five grand, knowing that it's gonna take you four or five years, yep to see that return. It doesn't even logically make sense. Use that five grand in a different area, pad the savings, make sure you're ready for any upcoming bills. Or if you really want to take that five grand and add extra to your principal payment each month, mm -hmm. pay the loan down a little right. bit faster, gain some more equity in the home. There's way other advantages to use. Yeah, well said, well said. And I think to transition into the pro tips of saving thousands on closing costs, I do want to roll back the time machine to just 18 months, 24 months ago, when the market was super aggressive. Yeah. People were over asking appraisal waivers, take it as is, take my mother <laughs> too, hide the kids, like yeah. all this stuff, crazy market, we all knew that. Now it's shifted to a neutral, if not buyer's market, right? So homes are sitting on the market longer, um, people are getting asking, and then in a lot of cases, we're getting sellers to pay some, if not all of the buyers closing yeah. costs. Now there's some key things to understand about this approach. I like this approach because it saves a lot of money for our clients, but nice. there are maximum contributions the sellers can make. And a lot of people refer to this approach as rolling in the closing costs. It ain't rolling in the closing costs on a purchase of a home. You're essentially no. 
a lot of times overpaying for the house and in return the sellers are taking a portion of their profit from the sale and paying your closing costs as the buyer so with the increase of closing costs this approach has become very common yep it's important to know guys though depending on what loan program you are what down payment amount you're at there are limitations on how much contributions the sellers can make this term is called interest party contributions yeah ipc they refer to yeah as. So most of the time on a lower down payment product, you're going to be capped at 3% of the sales price. Unless you're on a government loan, you start seeing more of five to 6%. Yep. Now, if you have a higher down payment, uh, say 10% down, a lot of gates open up six upwards to 12% if yes, you've got massive down payments. But most of the time people are putting less down now. Yep. So the reason why I explained that really quick is you can't just be swindled by like, oh, this the sellers are gonna pay all the closing. They're gonna pay for everything. No, because there's a lot of different variables. I had a client just last night, 9.30, 9.30 in the evening, we're putting in an offer and we're chalking up a 30 day close, right? Hmm. Bear with me and this is the savings story. Yeah. So we're capped at 3% due to the down payment. The total closing cost on a 30 day close was about $14,000. That's pretty high. But right now we have to pay a lot of those for savings, a full 12 months insurance are high. And it's like, holy cannoli, all I can get is 14 at the maximum 3%. Well, they got another offer coming in. How do we make this even more competitive, even though our clients do not want to pay their closing costs, they want to save that money. Yep. So what we did was actually change the closing date yeah. from June 3rd to May 31st. How does this impact closing costs? Because it reduced it by uh, $2,100. There it is. $2,100 by moving the closing date from June 3rd to May 31st. This is huge because back to the prepaid items, when you buy a home, you're paying interest only for every remaining day in that calendar month. Yes. Not a lot of people know this. No, they do not. And with interest rates so high, the interest only is aggressively higher. This particular loan was $88 per day. Mm -hmm. So we have one remaining day closing May 31st comparatively to 30. Right. Almost 30. So we were able to only ask the sellers for 12,000 in closing costs rather than $14,000, making our offer $2,000 more competitive than the offer that was just submitted. Yeah, yeah, because most people don't understand there is a big difference in closing at the end of the month compared to closing at the beginning of the month because you still have those calendar days in that month. A lot of part of that is to you guys is that loan still has got to go through a closing process, get sent over to the servicer. That's why when you close, you know, let's just say on a, on a May closing, your first payment is July 1st. And you don't get that extra month for free. You're not skipping payments here at all is built up into that loan. You have those prepaid days of interest. That's what those are called. Right. And the less those days are, the less that cost is. The more those days are, the more that cost is. So going from the end of a month with one more day remaining in it to the beginning of the month with 30 days remaining in it, substantially different and about $2,200 less. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up because we hear this a lot from our buyers. Oh, hey, Addy, I, I wanna skip two payments. First of all, backing up, no one's skipping payments. What happens is it goes back to the closing costs include the interest only for the remaining days in the closing month. Yep. Then you do, I like to use the term, you don't get invoiced until you've lived in the property for a full calendar month. Yeah. So let's say you close June 3rd, your closing costs 
are incorporating all the remaining days in June. July is the first first month you've moved in and lived in a full calendar month. August 1st is when you are invoiced that first mortgage payment. Yes. So that would be an attractive way if someone's like, I don't want to be invoiced for using proper labeling. Yeah. I don't want to be invoiced for eight weeks. That would close earlier in the month. But note, your closing costs are going to be much higher. In this story we're telling, $2,000 higher. Now, if you have the sellers, seller credits or seller concessions to cover all that, great. But if you don't, look at closing at the very end of the month to reduce the ask to the sellers, which increases their net profit. Yep. There's just, it's crazy that two or three days can dramatically make your offer more attractive to a seller, Casey. And guys, it's really not for that seller too. Two or three days different time change isn't the make or break for them. It does, and sellers like, actually most of the time sellers do like closing at the end of the month because why? They don't have to make another mortgage payment. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't and have to make another mortgage. I would say right now, guys, I mean, at least one out of every three transactions I'm seeing come across my desk have seller credits in it. We're in a market right now where, you know, inventory is still an issue, right? We don't have that many homes available. You still have homes that are sitting longer. You still have homes that, you know, deferred maintenance and whatnot. So there's a lot of negotiation opportunities out there for your real estate agent to try to get these seller credits for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, you know, just to kind of bookend it with some advantages. So our company that we work for, New American Funding, services 97% of our loans. What does that mean? So all you first-time homebuyers out there has never had a mortgage. What normally happens is you use Joe Schmo mortgage from a cubicle. That might pick up the phone once in 100 calls. Yeah, maybe. You go with them. Great, I saved $5 on whatever. Happens is your loan gets sold, and you have to change your payment. Your whole portal of where you pay, like, oh, that's not that big of a deal, Addy. No, it's not, but it is an ultimate pain in the ass. And if it happens to you, you're going to complain. Yep. Everyone does. Everyone including does. Myself. So then in this market with high interest rates, when they reduce, you look to what? Refinance. Refinance. So you need to be aware you are restarting the loan. So understand the points. We don't want you to overspend on the points because if you refinance, all those points are washed away. But the advantage we have is servicing. A, we can transfer your escrow balance, that prepaid amount, so you're not having to repay that when you refinance. Direct transfer, huge balance. Yep. Then we don't need to hit you again for the lender-associated fees. Lastly, compliantly, as a preferred and existing client, we can give you a reduction on the interest rate. This can really save you five, ten plus thousands of dollars in the long run when and if you waterfall refinance. I've coined that term. Waterfall. The minute they drop down, say they're at six and a half, they might go to five and a half. Boom, I'll refinance. Well, what if they go to four and a half? What? Christmas comes twice in a year. <laughs> you would save so much more money being with a company like ours and doing your first mortgage under a servicing mortgage rather than taking the shortcut and being in the carpool lane when you only got one person driving from nine to five, not allowed. Yeah. And then you get burned with the ticket. And you're like, oh crap, I just paid three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars in restructuring my loan on a waterfall environment. And I've talked to plenty of clients during that market when these rates do come back down, they don't just drop off the cliff and then settle guys it is a waterfall it yeah. does come down i talked to clients that have that refied in the last you know market where we came down in rates two three different times yeah chasing the lowest rate 
And I always ask them, like, do you understand you played two or three times the closing cost to get mm -hmm. this? You're still actually probably a couple years away from making that money back that you saved. You know, when you went from 5% down to two and a half, great. But you refied three times to get there. Your closing costs were twenty plus thousand dollars at that point. Yeah, yeah. You're sitting at a break even of four or five, and the and the question is, it's like, what does that give you? Right. You know, what, when you sit there and you tell your buddy that the neighbor, oh, well, I got two and a half. Well, I got two and a quarter. And then what happens from that conversation? Nothing. Nothing. You don't get anything out of that. Yeah. There's no kudos. Your wife doesn't come up like, yeah, yeah. John, oh, you're the man, man, dude. No, nothing. So make the wise decision. Listen to your smart advisors, like. Casey and Addie, yeah. and refi one time, refi at the right time. Yeah, people are gonna remember the flavor of White Claw they had a year ago over their interest rate. Like that is like, yeah. they're not gonna be very accurate. So you gotta take some pride out of it. And understand too, guys, it's a case-by-case -case situation. Not everyone's in the same situation. Someone might have had a 790 credit score versus a 690. Those are two totally different adjusted costs for the same interest rate. Yep. So you just gotta, gotta let that go over your head, work with the team that's gonna support you, be transparent, run those numbers before you put in an offer, yes. and contribute toward the conversation and presenting the most informed and competitive offer possible. So just to recap, hey, we went over water closing costs. Yep. We brought it down to service level three buckets. Understand that, guys. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, your closing date right now with where rates are at, impacts the amount of closing costs. And if you play it smart and are working with professionals, can really position yourself for a very competitive offer. So those are really, really good points. Lastly, you can't really depend on it rates dropping right away, but it will happen at some point. And you wanna work with a company that's gonna streamline and limit your restructuring or refinancing costs in the long run. It's all about the long run game, guys. So hopefully all of these points really help you out and assist pulling back the curtain in this market yeah. and letting you know. Now I wanna urge all of you, if you haven't before, hit us up. Even if you just wanna have a conversation about, hey, what could I possibly get approved for? Hey, I'm looking to buy another property or hey, I thought I couldn't buy another property because I don't want to sell this one because I'm at a great rate. We're doing a lot of work with people on how to structure turning your primary into an investment property. Let's look at passive income and yeah. using that lease toward more income and buying a new property. Give us a call, give us a text, a comment, whatever it takes. We want to hear from you, right, Casey? Absolutely, guys. And just be educated out there. That's what we try to do. We try to make you just as educated as we are so you're out there making the right decisions. Because right now, the hard part is finding that right, right home. So get the financing structured up properly ahead of time. And then go out there and do you. Yeah. I love that. Do you. Do you. Coin of the day. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We always appreciate it as usual. And until next time, we will... Catch, Catch you later. You later. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was awesome. Dude, we nailed it.